chapter thirty of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter thirty before he came everything loved me and i had more things to love than i could reckon by the hairs of my head now i feel i can love but one and that one has deserted me well be it so let her perish let her be anything but mine melmoth early the next morning sir william brandon was closeted for a long time with his niece previous to his departure to the duties of his office anxious and alarmed for the success of one of the darling projects of his ambition he spared no art in his conversation with lucy that his great ingenuity of eloquence and wonderful insight into human nature could suggest in order to gain at least a foundation for the raising of his scheme among other resources of his worldly tact he hinted at lucy's love for clifford and though darkly and subtly as befitting the purity of the one he addressed this abandoned and wily person did not scruple to hint also at the possibility of indulging that love after marriage though he denounced as the last of indecorums the crime of encouraging it before this hint however fell harmless upon the innocent ear of lucy she did not in the remotest degree comprehend its meaning she only with a glowing cheek and a pouting lip resented the allusion to a love which she thought it insolent in any one even to suspect when brandon left the apartment his brow was clouded and his eye absent and thoughtful it was evident that there had been little in the conference with his niece to please or content him miss brandon herself was greatly agitated for there was in her uncle's nature that silent and impressive secret of influencing or commanding others which almost so invariably and yet so quietly attains the wishes of its owner and lucy who loved and admired him sincerely not the less perhaps for a certain modicum of fear was greatly grieved at perceiving how rooted in him was the desire of that marriage which she felt was a moral impossibility but if brandon possessed the secret of sway lucy was scarcely less singularly endowed with the secret of resistance it may be remembered in describing her character that we spoke of her as one who seemed to the superficial as of too yielding and soft a temper but circumstances gave the lie to manner and proved that she eminently possessed a quiet firmness and latent resolution which gave to her mind a nobleness and trustworthy power that never would have been suspected by those who met her among the ordinary paths of life brandon had not been long gone when lucy's maid came to inform her that a gentleman who expressed himself very desirous of seeing her waited below the blood rushed from lucy's cheek at this announcement simple as it seemed what gentleman could be desirous of seeing her was it was it clifford she remained for some moments motionless and literally unable to move at length she summoned courage and smiling with self-contempt at a notion which appeared to her after thoughts utterly absurd she descended to the drawing-room the first glance she directed towards the stranger who stood by the fireplace with folded arms was sufficient 
it was impossible to mistake though the face was averted the unequalled form of her lover she advanced eagerly with a faint cry checked herself and sank upon the sofa clifford turned towards her and fixed his eyes upon her countenance with an intense and melancholy gaze but he did not utter a syllable and lucy after pausing in expectation of his voice looked up and caught in alarm the strange and peculiar aspect of his features he approached her slowly and still silent but his gaze seemed to grow more earnest and mournful as he advanced yes said he at last in a broken and indistinct voice i see you once more after all my promises to quit you for ever my solemn farewell after all that i have cost you for lucy you love me you love me and i shudder while i feel it after all i myself have borne and resisted i once more come wilfully into your presence how have i burned and sickened for this moment how have i said let me behold her once more only once more and fate may then do her worst lucy dear dear lucy forgive me for my weakness it is now in bitter and stern reality the very last i can be guilty of as he spoke clifford sank beside her he took both her hands in his and holding them though without pressure again looked passionately upon her innocent yet eloquent face it seemed as if he were moved beyond all the ordinary feelings of reunion and of love he did not attempt to kiss the hands he held and though the touch thrilled through every vein and fibre of his frame his clasp was as light as that in which the first timidity of a boy's love ventures to stamp itself you are pale lucy said he mournfully and your cheek is much thinner than it was when i first saw you when i first saw you ah would for your sake that that had never been your spirits were light then lucy your laugh came from the heart your steps burned the earth joy broke from your eyes everything that breathed around you seemed full of happiness and mirth and now look upon me lucy lift those soft eyes and teach them to flash upon me indignation and contempt oh not thus not thus i could leave you happy yes literally blessed if i could fancy you less forgiving less gentle less angelic what have i to forgive said lucy tenderly what everything for which one human being can pardon another have not deceit and injury been my crimes against you your peace of mind your serenity of heart your buoyancy of temper have i marred these or not oh clifford said lucy rising from herself and from all selfish thoughts why why will you not trust me you do not know me indeed you do not you are ignorant even of the very nature of a woman if you think me unworthy of your confidence do you believe i could betray it or do you think that if you had done that for which all the world forsook you i could forsake lucy's voice faltered at the last words but it sank as a stone sinks into deep waters to the very core of clifford's heart transported from all resolution and all forbearance he wound his arms around her in one long and impassioned caress and lucy as her breath mingled with his and her cheek drooped upon his bosom did indeed feel as if the past could contain no secret powerful enough even to weaken the affection with which her heart clung to his 
she was the first to extricate herself from their embrace she drew back her face from his and smiling on him through her tears with a brightness that the smiles of her earliest youth had never surpassed she said listen to me tell me your history or not as you will but believe me a woman's wit is often no despicable counsellor they who accuse themselves the most bitterly are not often those whom it is most difficult to forgive and you must pardon me if i doubt the extent of the blame you would so lavishly impute to yourself i am now alone in the world here the smile withered from lucy's lips my poor father is dead i can injure no one by my conduct there is no one on earth to whom i am bound by duty i am independent i am rich you profess to love me i am foolish and vain and i believe you perhaps also i have the fond hope which so often makes dupes of women the hope that if you have erred i may reclaim you if you have been unfortunate i may console you i know mr clifford that i am saying that for which many would despise me and for which perhaps i ought to despise myself but there are times when we speak only as if some power at our hearts constrained us despite ourselves and it is thus that i have now spoken to you it was with an air very unwanted to herself that lucy concluded her address for her usual characteristic was rather softness than dignity but as if to correct the meaning of her words which might otherwise appear unmaidenly there was a chaste a proud yet not the less a tender and sweet propriety and dignified frankness in her look and manner so that it would have been utterly impossible for one who heard her not to have done justice to the nobleness of her motives or not to have felt both touched and penetrated as much by respect as by any warmer or more familiar feeling clifford who had risen while she was speaking listened with a countenance that varied at every word she uttered now all hope now all despondency as she ceased the expression hardened into a settled and compulsive resolution it is well said he mutteringly i am worthy of this very very worthy generous noble girl had i been an emperor i would have bowed down to you in worship but to debase to degrade you no no is there debasement in love murmured lucy clifford gazed upon her with a sordid enthusiastic and self-gratulatory pride perhaps he felt to be thus loved and by such a creature was matter of pride even in the lowest circumstances to which he could ever be exposed he drew his breath hard set his teeth and answered you could love then an outcast without birth fortune or character no you believe this now but you could not could you desert your country your friends and your home all that you are born and fitted for could you attend one over whom the sword hangs through a life subjected every hour to discovery and disgrace could you be subjected yourself to the moodiness of an evil memory and the gloomy silence of remorse could you be the victim of one who has no merit but his love for you and who if that love destroy you becomes utterly redeemed yes lucy i was wrong i will do you justice all this nay more you could bear and your generous nature would disdain the sacrifice but am i to be all selfish and you all devoted are you to yield everything to me and i to accept everything and yield none alas i have but one good one blessing to yield and that is yourself lucy i deserve you i outdo you in generosity all that you would desert for me is nothing o oh god nothing to the sacrifice i make to you 
and now lucy i have seen you and i must once more bid you farewell i am on the eve of quitting this country for ever i shall enlist in a foreign service perhaps and clifford's dark eyes flashed with fire you will yet hear of me and not blush when you hear but and his voice faltered for lucy hiding her face with both hands gave way to her tears and agitation but in one respect you have conquered i had believed that you could never be mine that my past life had forever deprived me of that hope i now begin with a rapture that can bear me through all ordeals to form a more daring vision a soil may be effaced an evil name may be redeemed the past is not set and sealed without the power of revoking what has been written if i can win the right of meriting your mercy i will throw myself on it without reserve till then or till death you will see me no more he dropped on his knees left his kiss and his tears upon lucy's cold hand the next moment she heard his step on the stairs the door closed heavily and jarringly upon him and lucy felt one bitter pang and for some time at least she felt no more End of chapter thirty